Hey everyone, and a massive welcome to season three of the Dedicate podcast. I'm your host, Kate Ivey, and I'm also the owner and founder of Dedicate, the online health and fitness community and app for busy women in New Zealand and Australia. I'm feeling super excited to be back podcasting. I hope you've all had a fantastic summer holiday and are now back into routine with your health and fitness. So today I'm chatting again to our head trainer, Anna, about motherhood. We discuss our challenges, the rewarding aspects and answer some of our listener questions. We go in depth and discuss very personal and emotional details, so we hope you enjoy. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. How's your morning been? Uh, Well, it's been like right on point of topic today because this morning I was supposed to film Ignite and then we had this podcast, but I had the mum guilt of putting Cooper in front of the TV from 9.30 till like 12. So anyways, what I've done is I've, we've been outside, we've danced on the trampoline, we've had a big play outside and now I've just put him in front of the TV now at 10.30 and my mum's going to come around the Savo so I can film Ignite. Oh, perfect. Well done. (laughs) just the juggle, you know. So motherhood today, I'm like excited and nervous. I have to admit one, because I feel a bit rusty um, with the podcasting, although it does feel natural being back with the microphone. I like having a microphone. You do look like a pro there with your headset and microphone. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, all over it. Yeah. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of nervous. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, it's a big topic. It's an, an emotional topic. It's, um, you know, we're going to talk about some challenging things today. Yeah, um, and I think it's true that that not judgment, but will people what will people think of my parenting or I don't know. You do have yeah. those weird thoughts, don't You're you? You're so and, right. And then what I sometimes do is I either undershare or overshare. So mm. if I undershare, I think, oh, oh did I share enough? Um, da, da, da. And if I overshare, maybe in the middle of the night, like a bit of anxiety comes in, and I think, did I really want to share that? Is that too personal? And start overthinking things, like, and start yeah. thinking. Um, about my kids and how they've got their own identity and we're going to be talking about them but there's no consent kind of for us to talk about them do you know what I mean I sometimes worry about that definitely yeah Yeah. I agree and I think about that more now as well with like Instagram and stuff and like Cooper starting school Mm. and even though he's only five but I'm like well how much for how long will I share my children on social media like totally yeah 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 Gus, changing. Um, Gus doesn't want to be in photos and stuff. He occasionally does. Um, but he's like, you're not putting that online. You're not putting that online. I'm like, okay, I'm not putting it online. Yeah. Uh, fair enough, I guess, eh, when mm. they've got their own little things going on. Yeah. So I thought we'd kick off today um, where I'll do a bit of an interview of you and then about your journey. And then you'll do a bit of interview of me. And then we've got some questions from our members. Cool. Sounds good. Oh, big deep breath. Okay. Anna, so describe your family to us, like who's in your family? There is obviously myself and my husband, Scotty, who we've been married for nearly eight years now. And then we have two lovely children, Cooper and Isla. And Coops is four and a half. He heads off to school in June this year. And Isla is nearly three. She'll be three in April. Um, and that's our little unit. That's the A team. They're so gorgeous. They really yeah. are. You're doing a great job cool little kitties we do yeah. um yeah no they're, they're cool dudes most of the time <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing like it, it is challenging isn't it so what yeah. would you say 
your biggest challenges have been so far on your motherhood journey? Oh, like without a doubt, I can say just adjusting to being a mum. So that first year of Cooper's life was my hardest by far. Um, not only was he born eight weeks prem and we spent five weeks in hospital in Nelson, but like he he was just a hard baby. Like, and I can say that now because I've also had an easy baby. Like I yeah. was pretty easy. Um, so you know he, you weren't being um, like kind of over the top and high, high maintenance. Like he actually was yeah. challenging. But at the time, because he was my first, I didn't know that. So, yeah. you know, I was constantly just trying to like compare myself to others and other mums and trying to be better and trying not to get frustrated and trying to go to this morning tea and do that thing and the other. So yeah, that first year of adjusting, like all of a sudden I couldn't exercise like I used to. Every time I had to go somewhere, there was this amazing child with me. My husband was still at work. I felt like work for him was like a, felt like every day was a party. I was like, oh, you need to leave the house. Like, mm. this is amazing. I'm stuck here all the time. And um, actually we will get to that, the whole, I'm going to scroll make a wee note of that about husbands or partners going to work and us almost being resentful and feeling like that's yeah. a holiday but them coming home tired and expecting us to do for them because I've because I've been at work all day yeah totally I, um, I definitely was resentful like about yeah. that side of it yeah because I was just struggling I was struggling at home on my own like I'm such a social person and I'd gone from seeing clients in the gym every day I was super busy my business was probably at its peak in terms of one-on-one -on -one PT yeah. And like I wanted children, so I knew that that was going to stop, but I always planned on going back to work as yeah. well. So yeah, that, that first year was the toughest for me. The adjustment from going to no children to one was the hardest thing for me to adjust to. Yeah. And uh, um, I thought we could even chat about the baby stages. So like, yeah. you know, what, so when you say hard baby, what, uh, what, how do you describe it? Is it up all night? Is it not settling? Yeah, so he was oh, up all night. So for the average for Coops, he didn't sleep through till he was 13 months. And when he slept through, he finally, um, before that, sorry, I was up with him usually six to eight times every single night. There's no exaggeration there. Mm. A bad night was more like 12 times and a good night would be like three or four times. So that was the first 13 months. And so, yeah, didn't sleep, didn't settle. We, he didn't, he had this obviously prem belly and he didn't eat very well. Um, yeah. And every time he cried, so if we let him cry for more than a couple of minutes, he vomited. And like, oh, I'm talking man. power vomit everywhere. So there's been times that- You tried like the sleep training and stuff like that, but you just, if they cry, vomit. So it's just- Yeah. And you know, the sleep training is quite often, let them cry for a minute, let them cry for two minutes or mm -hmm. this, that and the other. And we, we seriously couldn't let him cry for more than two minutes and he would just vomit. Like people would babysit him and then he would be crying and they'd turn up and they'd be in my clothes or Scotty's clothes because he vomited <laughs> all over them. Like, honestly, this vomit was like, Cooper was known as the vomiting kid. He just vomited all the oh, time. Man. And therefore, and he didn't like textures. You could tell food was a big thing, but I didn't mm. know all this. So of yeah. course you're trying to compare to my sister-in-law had a baby um, two months before Cooper and like he developmentally, he was so much more ahead of Cooper mm -hmm. and he was eating and he was happy. Like the other thing, and I can seriously say this, Cooper was never happy. That first year of his life, he just wasn't a happy baby. And that must've um, been really hard. Oh yeah. Like I cried all the time, yeah. like all the time, just all the time. I wasn't depressed, I don't think, but I was just struggling. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, they didn't eat, didn't sleep, um, really anxious kids. So anytime we'd go anywhere, I, I couldn't put him down ever. He'd never crawl off and play with a toy or do anything. He was either sort of crying or sitting by me. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just hard. And then I was learning to be at home with this crying, whinging kid mm. that I was starting to not like resent a bit. And then my mm. husband who was always at work and, you know, it was just a really rough year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he was just tough. So that sort of, yeah, that colicky, no food, no sleep. Yeah. <laughs> not and happy. then when did it start getting better? Uh, it definitely, oh, to be honest, when he was about three, um, was when he really got better. So even like he he got sort of better at about 18 months, I think, and things started to get a bit better. But still then at that stage, we'd go to like a kid's birthday or a morning tea, you know, your mother group things. And um, he would just cling to me, like absolutely yeah. cling to me. And I'd be like, oh my God, go and play with the other kids. Like yeah. you're all clinging to me all the time. Can you please just go and play? And by this stage, I was pregnant with Isla. So of course, then I was really sick with her as well. Mm. But yeah, that anxiety with him was tough. But then when he sort of turned three, between three and four, he's really like gained confidence and he's a really good eater, eats lots of food. He's a really good kid, really listens like, yeah. So he's really turned the corners as he's got older and gained confidence and That's so you know, cool. sort of knowledge of the world. But yeah, yeah. He's just a hard brother. Hard baby, didn't understand, and I didn't understand babies, so yeah, it was tough. Yeah, that's so tough. And um, do you feel like even if, like obviously you experienced that Isla was a much easier baby naturally and yeah. you would have been so much more equipped. I mean, that first time is tough. You don't know what you're doing. You get advice from people and you're not sure what to do with it. It's, um, it's all so new, isn't it? Yeah. And I was forever comparing, like I said, to my sister-in-law, whose baby was, you know, like just a lot happier and a lot more settled and ate a heap of food. And also the first five weeks in hospital, you know, the, the way I was brought into motherhood was taking my child's mm. temperature every three hours. Every time I changed his nappy, I changed his temperature. He was fed through a tube in his nose. Yeah. Um, you know, he he stopped breathing three times in the first week that he was alive and got oh, brought whoa. back. Like, so we had all these weird little things. And so then yeah. you go hospital, get out of hospital and we're still taking his temperature when we change his nappy because it was what we were used to. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so funny, funny little things like that. And every time he vomited, I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to starve. Like there's no milk yes. in his belly, you know? You oh, so they totally know. just would have been just from the get-go. It wasn't that same experience as, as you had with Isla because it was just so oh, much no. more stress. So how many weeks was Isla born at? She was born at 36. So she was oh, actually nice. four she weeks was, early. But yeah, she but was, that would have felt, yeah, that would yeah. have felt like um, normal. Full term, yeah. She was, um, yeah, she was seven pounds. So she was good size. Gosh, yeah, nice. I had to go three weeks with either of them. They would have been massive, like 10 pounders. <laughs> she was an emergency Caesar um, yeah. because, yeah, she was um, footling breach. So she was stuck. Oh, yeah. So, so I remember number. you saying something about that, that you were, um, did she turn the last minute or something? No, we were going in, uh, she was born on a Friday and I was going in to get her turned on, I think the Tuesday that next week, well, they try and turn them, but now nah, she didn't turn at all and her foot was like jammed stuck. And so they were, um, yeah, they, they said, yeah, lucky I did an emergency Caesar because if I'd kept trying, like tried to sort of get her out, I didn't even try, sorry, but if I'd tried to get her out, they, yeah, it wouldn't have ended well. They said. Yeah. So how was the recovery after your Caesar? 
Sorry, I just hear Cooper cracking up downstairs watching something <laughs> on the TV. Like, full crack up. Um, she, it was good. I was prepared for it. So she was breached right from about 22 weeks. And I thought she'd turn, but she bloody didn't. She's stubborn. And um, so I was prepared for a C-section. Yeah. So, yeah, I was all prepared for it and knew it was sort of probably going to happen. Um, and I like. So sorry, did she start coming at 36 weeks? Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry, that's yeah, why she was fine. emergency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I because see. it wasn't a planned elective yeah. walk in, walk out. Yeah. But it was going um, to be planned, but she came early. Yeah. 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 And yes, yeah, so the recovery was good. I kind of enjoyed the challenge of being put back into fitness. And at yeah. this stage, I was a little bit more of a relaxed mum. I wasn't so um uptight like I was with Coops. He was yeah. now about 21, 22 months. And yeah, so I enjoyed the recovery of a C-section because I felt like it was starting again. And yeah. I, I don't know, I, I was accepting the challenge and I thought, yeah, this is going to be good. And I was prepared to take it nice and slow because obviously I didn't want to, I knew I wanted to exercise for the rest of my life. So I yeah. didn't want to break things. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good attitude. And what did your um, recovery include? Lots of walking. Like yeah. I just, so I've gone through two sets of tires in my pram. I've still got my <laughs> awesome. pram. Yeah. And we've been through two sets of tires um, in the single buggy. We had a double one as well. And yeah, so I'd walk Cooper to preschool every day. Him and I'd have Isla either in the front pack or in the buggy beside him. And yeah, lots of walking. And then when it got to the point where I could do some exercise, six weeks sort of post Caesar and cleared by the doctor. I yeah I did some squats lots of at home stuff like we do on dedicate the low impacts sort yeah. of things and I'd use a stool and I'd, I'd just do it with the kids on the floor and mucking around nice. and I'd just sort of set a timer and I'd work for like yeah 40 seconds with a 20 second break because I always find if there's a timer in front of me I'll keep going yeah yeah and so lots of that and lots of walking was awesome. how I got back, got back into my fitness what would you say the most rewarding aspects of parenting has been for you so far Oh, it's like watching the development and watching for me watching Cooper's confidence um has been amazing like watching him grow into this really cool kid when he was a not so cool baby has been awesome like and just seeing his little personality pop out and yeah just knowing yeah I've, I've just really enjoyed watching the kids grow and develop into their own personalities and then Isla is this like sass bag that's just she's, she's hilarious so funny like she's, so good. She's, she's just great and like watching the two of them together and yeah I think you just really feel like great, a family yeah. yeah we family and you're like oh this is yeah watching them develop as well yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed it just gets better too doesn't it as it does it's kind of like yeah you just the bond gets tighter and tighter or yeah just sort of absolutely yeah. yeah it seems to get stronger I can imagine like every year you know every year changes doesn't it but mm. I, I, like it does get it get, definitely gets better and you know they give more back because at the start when they don't give much back as a baby apart from vomit yeah. you're kind of like oh this is you know a rough gig and then when they start to give you those little things back you're like ah this is yeah yeah this is cool yeah, it's nothing like yeah. their wee, wee faces smiling back at you yeah, after a rough day can. or um, tucking them in at night when they're asleep. Yeah. Even no matter how rough the day's been, you look yeah. at them so fondly when you give them that kiss when they're asleep. Oh, and then you go back and check on them when they're asleep. Like then you sit on your phone and look at photos of them or videos from the day that's been and like, you know, you miss them when they're asleep, but you're yes. like, don't you do wake up. Like, don't yes, wake up. Exactly. But, but you're really cute. And I miss you now. <laughs> no, it's funny, isn't it? 
Yeah. Really funny. When um, my kids go up to mum and dad's for a week, um, it's really strange. It's like, um, it's so nice. Like, and the break is fantastic. But yeah, it's the same. I miss them. And um, you realize how much your life revolves around them. Yeah, it's a bit nearly boring and quiet without them. Eh? Yeah. You're kind of like, oh, what, what do I do now? <laughs> and I, I kind of go and hang out with people a lot. Um, and the, you know, like I might get work done and then it might, it might be the weekend. I know, well, it's the weekend. I need to spend time with the kids. So we go and do stuff with other people. And yeah. because the kids aren't there, then um, I'm working instead. And it's like, oh, it's actually um, almost easier when the kids are there because I've got an excuse to go and yes. have fun. <laughs> yeah, go and entertain them and go out and do something. And yeah, yeah, no, totally agree. And what do you think would be um, like your most unexpected challenge? Like if someone said to you, right, tell me something I need to know about being a mother that you don't usually hear. Oh, I think there'd probably be two things maybe. The first thing, and I think everyone says this, is that no one can actually tell you how hard it is. Yeah. And yeah, so no matter what, no one can tell you how hard it is. You will just figure that out as you Mm -hmm. go. Um, but I, what I found is I just was constantly comparing my baby to other babies and not necessarily myself, but just like my, my child mm-hmm. and, and just don't do that because my God, every baby is so different. Yeah. So I just felt like I was constantly comparing, you know, there was quite a few of us that all had kids at a similar age. So it just dragged me down. It just yeah. kept dragging me down. But Cooper was nothing like them. Like he was just this, he was yeah, yeah. just a different baby. Whereas, you know, of course I had Isla, who's like this little happy go lucky who people would have looked at and compared and gone, oh, look yes. at the baby the definition of happy like she's yeah. just happy all the time um <laughs> she is she's like this bundle of joy like yeah. literally yeah. and so just don't compare yeah do not compare and just yeah really use get all the support you can I'm I'm stubborn too I'll, I'll do it I'll do it on my own I wanted mm-hmm. to do everything and you know I'm smashing it no I'll cook tea and I'll get a workout in mm-hmm. and I'll do this and I'll hang out the washing and it's like just sit on the couch man Netflix yeah. and chill cake but the other version <laughs> there's only one version well actually there's two versions there's the version and then there's your version <laughs> yeah but Not I wish to be I confused. Had... We can't confuse yeah. them. It's... <laughs> no, there wasn't much of that happening. The, the, the real version yeah. at that time. Yeah. So now definitely just don't compare and uh, sit back and enjoy the TV and enjoy yeah. those snuggles and let them sleep on you for three hours if that's what you've, you know. Yeah. Because there is so bit. much comparison, isn't there? Like yeah. whether you a meaning to you know people meaning to or not but it's like are they crawling yet are they sleeping through yes. the night um yeah. and I did the same I looked you know I'd go to mainly music and see kids the same age oh they're crawling and so I'd yes. go home and I'd be like trying to entice my child to crawl yeah. <laughs> and um mine did that commando crawl oh yes cool. so then you know, you'd be holding like a toy in front and then move it a bit further and try and get it going and then yeah. you'd be desperate for people to see oh no they are now they are now <laughs> Jeez, like it's intense, yeah, isn't it? And Kugel yeah. didn't roll over till he was eight months old, which is yeah. really like old for a baby. Yeah, because it's normally like, around oh, four months, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And then people keep like, no, no, he's not fucking rolling yet. I mean, sorry, mm. he's not rolling over. <laughs> and then um the questions whether they mean to or not become really there's meaning behind it. Like, are they rolling yet? But their what their question sounds like is are they developing normally? 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, yeah. yeah, totally. You're like, no, they're not. Like, yeah. we're a bit slow at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely try not to compare would be one of mm. my biggest things. Um, and it's Sorry easy to done because I 100% did it. So I'm not saying, yeah, but I definitely didn't do it with Isla. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's okay to do a bit of comparing, but don't put a lot of weight to it. Don't, yes, you know, yeah. don't stress yourself yeah. out too much. And, and if you like, think it might be an issue, speak to someone that knows rather than, um, speaking to your mother or mother-in-law or a doctor or something. I mean, they. I mean, do speak to a doctor if you are really concerned, because then yeah, you can absolutely. get your get the record straight rather than stressing yeah. over something that may not even be an issue. A hundred percent, yeah. And it's nice to bounce ideas off friends and things because mm. you know I've got a really tight group of friends who I would bounce ideas off and be like, "Oh my gosh, what do you think?" Like, am yeah. I overreact? And I knew they like, would. Should give I me go to the doctor? Yeah, yeah. Type questions. They'd yeah. give me like a good answer and stuff. And mm. you know, and Scott and I were really good. We were a really good team, and you know, would talk about it. But that first year, like I said, you know, like we're to hold on tight, just to mm. hang in there together as a married couple as well. Like it was mm. rough. Like, yeah so you've got to have those supportive people around you and really yeah hang on yeah well well done <laughs> no thank you I can definitely say thank you to that one because I give myself a pat on the back for surviving that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can do that you can do anything yeah definitely um I think that's all I've got for now do you want to hit me with some questions yeah absolutely why don't we start with you describing your little fan bam? Okay, so my little family. So myself and my husband, Mark. And then we have Olivia, who is 11. She's nearly 12. And then Gus, who is nine and a half. And Emmy, Imogen is her real name. So it's I-M-M-Y. She is, <laughs> takes brain power just remembering the ages. Um, seven, <laughs> she's seven. And we've really noticed the summer you know, we're definitely in that next stage of life now. Um, so I've got the kids making their own lunches in the mornings and, you know, we go to the lake and they're, you know, they're independent. They're quite independent now. Um, so we're definitely cool. in that next stage of stage. And you of can go adulthood. stay out like later, you know, you can yeah. have a barbecue to house and get home at nine and it's not a big yeah. deal. And yeah, yeah. You've got no yeah. naps and no nappies to change yeah. and all yeah. of that. They're not exactly. Yeah. So yep. And I can now even that I'm absolutely loving is um, do lengths of the pool while they yeah. play in the pool. I couldn't last summer. I needed to watch Amy, yes. um, but I can now. So they're playing, there's two pools. They're either playing in the one that I'm swimming in or they're playing in the one beside it. And oh. um, yeah, it's, oh, it feels so good. Yeah. It's like that next bit of um, finding yourself. Again, next, yeah. <laughs> next bit of freedom. Oh, that's awesome. What would be the biggest challenge for you? with the kids like if there was <sighs> yeah sort of I mean I maybe go twofold maybe I can talk about challenges like normal challenges and then I can go into um like my biggest challenge as a mother um yeah. so challenges for me have been um like losing your sense of self and not having having that same freedom um yeah. I really felt like Did I lost that, sorry did you find that straight away like when you went from zero to one or was it um, not a, so wrong. bad zero to one I don't think yeah. um, I feel like now no offense to people with just one child but having one is um, is nothing compared to the intensity of having more it just becomes so much more intense and 
full on. When we had one, I feel like my husband and I had turns and I went for runs at lunchtime when he came in. But as soon as it was, yeah, it was divide and conquer when we had one. And then when it was two, I feel like then it was all of a sudden it was more my responsibility. But at the same time, I let that happen and that I took on, like you said, not asking for help and not demanding help. Sometimes you have to demand some help and say, hey, no, can you do this so I can do that? Um, And was it because you felt like, you know, I don't know, but maybe coming from the farming background as well, that you are the mum. So you yeah, are the I'm the mum and I'm not children. working. I was doing a bit of work, but um that yeah, this is what I should be doing. And yeah, those yeah. those those traditional roles. Um yeah, those household roles. Yeah, definitely. Um other challenges for me, yeah, it's just that that intensity of it and that n- not getting a break when you need it. So not being able to um, enjoy it like you wish you could. Um, I used to find quite a drag when they were young, the days. And, um, you know, right, okay, I'm going to spend some time playing and get down on the floor with them and play, but just feeling like overwhelmingly exhausted and just like lying down on the floor, just about wanting to go to sleep. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so it's just that. Yeah, not being able to escape from it. And it's not that you want to escape, you just need need a bit of downtime so that you can really you enjoy need- this role that you have. Totally. 30 minutes to yourself to actually yeah, breathe and yeah, yeah not think about everything and mm. not be yeah, because they're so um yeah. And that's what's so consuming about when they're young. When they're Micah's age, it's still challenging. Like when I pick them up from school, it's like hit by a brick wall. Of like intensity. Yeah. Um, and it's full on, and you've got to make a whole lot of decisions, and um you have to sort of work through some of their behaviors and all that type of thing. Whereas when they're younger, it's basically it's just sleep, food, toilet, and then you yes. kind of um don't have to think at t- think the same. Yeah, because even now, like with my kids, we don't have after school activities like Cooper, you know, he's um, five in June. So we have from three o'clock, you know, when I pick them up from Kindle preschool, we've got the afternoons that we've got all day. I don't have all that, you know, you've got all the developmental things going on now, how they deal with peers, all this emotional stuff. I can imagine it just it, it doesn't get easier. It just changes. eh? Yeah, it just it just changes. And it's you get you can get yourself identity back more and you've got this more freedom but it's still really intense and the questions like they'll you'll pick them up from school and the first thing you get is can I go to the park with someone or um, can I um, go on the computer and if you've had a big day yourself those little questions um, they seem like little questions but they're not you don't actually know the answer because one hold on a minute I'm not sure if you can go on the computer where are we at with that I can't remember because i don't want them going on the computer much and then you think okay we need to schedule we need to do something about that can I go to the park with a friend and I know it sounds silly but sometimes you just don't know yes yeah totally and you then you're like well, wait what have I got yourself. to do at home have I got dinner what have we got I've got to get this and yeah, yeah. and it's all there and it's also where are we at do we need do we all need to just go home and just unwind or Relax. yeah who are we picking up from where and I don't know, it doesn't sound like much, but I think those in the stage and when you get there, you'll know exactly what I mean. It's yeah. Yeah. 
And um, sometimes it can be how you react to the questions. Like I know sometimes um, the kids get in the car, they ask like, we live two minutes from kinder. You've mm. been there. It's literally like a one minute, two minute drive. Yeah. You know, it's that, oh, have you got any food in the car? What's for tea? Yeah. And it's all those little questions. And sometimes mm-hmm. I react in a really bad way because I'm like, yes, all right, I just got mm-hmm. in the car. Like I've just picked you up. I'm trying to ask you how your day was and you pack a shit if I haven't got any food in the car for the one minute drive. And, yeah. and then I react badly and I get grumpy at myself sometimes too, because those little questions, yes. they just like little pick, 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 pick. Oh, totally. <laughs> and then you hear yourself in them yeah so you yeah. react badly and then you hear them speaking mm-hmm. like you do to their siblings uh-huh oh yeah like, we're right in the back of that is when I say don't speak like that it's like well what have I just done yeah but how do you don't speak like that darling I don't know yeah what? it doesn't have the same effect does it yeah. <laughs> no. now you've got to have you've got to have the mum angry voice and and mm. they know you mean business then but it, yeah, like, it's but you just you hear it back yeah. yeah you do yeah, but I guess it's, o- it's okay to show distress and anger. I guess it's just when and where and to what intensity and whether it's, it's an appropriate time to be that grumpy because sometimes I feel I find it hard if I'm stressed about something and I might overreact about something and it's unpredictable for the kids. Yes, and you're, but, you're stressed because of something that is not their fault. Exactly. Like work or you know home life or something that is not their fault yet they ask you a simple question and you just give them the and I remember that being being horrible as a child with my dad he was often quite stressed and Mm. I'd ask him something and I'd be nervously waiting for the response because I wasn't sure if it was going to come back nicely or if it was going to be a stressed yes not nice answer yeah anyway Um, and then so challenges and then the other one for a big thing was for me is my eldest has um, autism spectrum disorder so that's been a massive massive journey yeah do you want to go yeah. into that a little bit with O? yeah so um, I don't really talk about it much because I've always just and it was a big thing I did a post last year about how we went to um, like I'm getting uh, getting emotional already um, yeah I don't really talk about it much because it's her life you know like um I don't want to like we were talking about before um say too much kind of and be like well she's living that life like if my parents came onto a podcast and talked about the challenges that I have in my life how would that make me feel yeah and that's sort of always been um weary of but at the same time she is someone to be celebrated so at what point am I holding that back as well is celebrating yeah. what she's achieving and how she is and not being ashamed of her um yeah. of her diagnosis as you know so it's yeah. like getting that balance of um of sharing and being ready to share and letting her what I think you herself. do what I think you do amazingly well Kate though is you you know you you just she is just oh she's just one of your three children yeah like Yes, she has, um, you know, autism, but you treat her with the utmost respect. And like, you know, she's just the same as Emmy and Gus, obviously, yeah. and she's celebrated and she, yeah, and you yeah, you do a you. really amazing job. Oh, thanks. Because <laughs> I know it must be tough. Like, I don't know, sorry, but I can imagine it must sometimes be quite challenging. Yeah, it's a real journey. And um, probably one of the hardest things is, um, is yeah, being is managing other people so other how other people are with her 
So um, some people are absolutely fantastic. Some people need a lot of guidance. Um, yeah, and I, I take offense to a lot of things really quickly. Like if someone says, oh, like someone was amazed at something she could do and it wasn't even something that amazing. And I was kind of like, geez, what, what do you think she's like, do you think she's just totally in, incapable? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the hardest part of the whole journey has really been her education. Um, we have a, and I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to say this, I don't care who hears this. We have a fantastic principal now, um, but life was pretty tough before the new principal. And yeah. um, I was just constantly in at the school trying to fight for my daughter on issues that I shouldn't have been fighting for. Um, yeah. yeah so just for her to have equal rights for her to be treated equally um to in there so trying to get awesome. trying to encourage people to talk to her yeah just get teachers to Treat speak to her normally. yeah instead of just walking person. past her in a corridor or talking to the teacher aide or um stop hello olivia and keep walking try and like get the message across that we need you to stop say hello Olivia so that she has an opportunity to reply back even things like that I was in there having to campaign for um wow. we do a private therapy program which has changed our lives so we got the diagnosis when she was just about to turn three um and that in itself was a roller coaster this could I don't want to talk for too long but you know it's a massive journey um because it um I always you know I was checking from about one like with her speech and everything um, and she was going okay. And so we managed to pass a few um, plunket things because I found out. Um, so I subconsciously must have known that there was something not quite right. I found out what the, the what they tested on. So oh, it was wow. like being able okay. to count to 10 and there was a few things. So I taught her those things and she could do those things and she could count to 10. Um, it was like one, two, three. So it wasn't like one, two, three. Um, she could do the alphabet. Um, you'd say, what does the cow say? And she'd say moo and all, the, all that type of stuff that is a normal yeah. two-year-old thing. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. It was the most horrible thing. It was like some, your child was gone. The body of your child was there, but she had gone. And we've got her back. Um, but for a while she'd gone. So she stopped oh, answering. So yeah, stopped answering her to her name um huge language regression um so I googled language re regression and all the stuff on autism came up and she just ticked all those boxes oh. and any words she did have was all um rote learns kind of so um with autism especially at the start often they might put two words together but it's it's not um, putting two words together in a language perspective where they've combined two words it's two words that they've learnt that go together they're repeating rather yeah, than so it's just repeating it back yeah and they might be using it appropriately but it's like might might be get milk or something get milk yes. yeah um but they're not thinking yeah they've just put them together and they're thinking get milk means just it's the same as saying milk kind of that they don't okay understand. yeah and let me just keep it honest here like Gus has just arrived as a baby as well yes so he when we got the diagnosis, he was eight months or something like that. So yeah, yeah. young, two young yeah. kids. Yeah, so it was a really, really tough time before the diagnosis and then after the diagnosis. Um, it got to the point where I couldn't even go out in public pretty much. So we'd go to yeah. mainly music 
and she would um, just tip all the toys out. Like I'm talking hundreds of toys, just go and tip them out. And I had no control whatsoever over here. I couldn't say go and pick those up or anything. It was just like, and oh, it was it was horrible. It was absolutely uh, awful. Can I ask how others in the family reacted with the with the um, news? So your like immediate yeah, family? Yeah. So everyone was really supportive. Um, my mum was the one that got me to um, go, yep, I need to go and see someone because um, I had been having concerns and I would talk to someone and then people would say, oh no, they know someone who didn't speak till this age and everyone knew mm-hmm. someone who didn't and they were totally fine. And so I'd, I'd have an hour or two where I'd be like, okay, no, I think everything's fine. And then I yeah. just get this intense, heavy feeling in my heart where I just knew and you need to listen to your instinct yeah and then we went up to a wedding in the north island and mum had olivia for the weekend and she said let me spend the weekend with her and then i'll give you my honest opinion and i got back and she said yeah no you definitely need to go and go and go and see someone because she was um and this is what i was what i was talking about with her disappearing so like she'd toot the horn mum would toot the horn on the motorbike or get Olivia to toot the horn and previously she'd do that and laugh and then there was just nothing just no response just it was she just vanished and it was oh that was horrible and like I said we do have her back now yeah it was oh it was yeah it's hard to recall um to to talk about it but um then when she was yeah uh, four and a bit like things were tough um, if we hadn't started this therapy program we do, my marriage would not be still mm-hmm. going. Um, it was very, very tough. Like I was saying, could hardly go out in public, put a lot of stress on us. Um, when you first so then you're it, feeling even more isolated because yeah. you're another young children and you're stuck at home mm-hmm. with, you know, these challenges on your own and yeah. you and your husband having troubles. So and when you get the diagnosis, um, they just basically gave us some pamphlets and sent us on our way. You you ask questions like, so will they be able to lead a normal life? Will they ever speak? Will they ever read, write? And they just say, we don't know. That is so bad. Yeah. So we had someone come out and see us. I can't remember what the organization was, but it took a month or two before that person came out. And it was sort of an education thing that I learned a lot from. Um, But you sort of go through this process when you first get a diagnosis like that, where no, my child's going to be different. Yeah, and then you read that ten um, percent have supersonic abilities and that kind of stuff, and you believe that maybe that's me, you, and it's going to be different. So you've got the diagnosis, but it's all going to be fine. And then reality sets in, and um, it wasn't. Um, and so um, my mum saw a documentary on Seven Sharp about a family who had done a- ABA therapy, and we were at rock bottom. We really yeah. needed to do something. We we couldn't go on. Um, and we've done that and it's just absolutely changed our lives. She's, she doesn't, um, she's not able to do what her peers can do. Um, I mean, some things she can do better than, um, but in terms of keeping up with curriculum and stuff like that, but she's happy. Um, she joins in with things. She loves people. I mean, there's still plenty of challenges and it's always two steps forward, one step back. Um, but like, she's got her period now. She, she got it, um, a few months ago and she's totally managing that herself with period knickers so she's just totally all, all over that I have I don't have to do anything about that now she comes and tells me she needs period knickers um her speech has come on so we use she has a communication device so a lot of you might have seen on Instagram and stuff she has a phone around her neck 
um, that's not actually a phone. She doesn't use it as a phone. It's, it is an iPhone that has an, a communication app on it. So she goes in and types what she wants to say. But all that stuff is taught. So it's taught from the um, very basics. So she had cards. We had this massive folder of cards we had for a while um, that she used to communicate. So she'd get, um, yeah, you'd teach you how to use those. So that's the foundations of language. So now that the speech is coming, it's she's learned a lot of the foundations of language. So even oh. though she couldn't speak previously, she's now able to say things. And it doesn't sound like, my voice or your voice but it's coming and it's getting a lot oh, clearer she was down with us at new year's and the first thing like we all noticed um you know scotty and i was how amazing her speech was yeah like because she you know she'd turn up and we'd be like hey oh and she'd be like hello you know yeah. like and she would ask for things and i could understand what she was asking for and my mum yeah. was also there and mum like could be like oh you so help you with that olivia yeah. and you know, and yeah, yeah, she was amazing. Like, yeah. And just from a few years ago when we had come to visit and whatnot, and yeah, I noticed a massive difference. So yeah, gosh, you guys are so proud. Yeah, so proud. She, yeah, she just wants to be a part of things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but there's, I mean, there's so many challenges still, but I mean, I just look through it with a completely different lens now than I did when we first sort of got the diagnosis. It just becomes just normal. And even though you're saying it's normal a few years ago, it's still still so tough mentally yeah and mentally and tough every single day I imagine you mm. know like there's a new mm. challenge for you and especially navigating through these teenage years now which are yeah for anybody let alone yeah. you know yeah mm. she's obsessed with um so when it comes to drink um to swimming I have to put a timer on now which she might have seen I don't know um to get her to get in the pool even though she absolutely loves this but she's got this thing in her head that she she's obsessed with going and getting dressed afterwards like she's it's like this almost like this obsession or fear that she's not gonna be able to get dressed afterwards so yeah. I have to put on the timer you're going to swim for 45 minutes and then you can get dressed and yesterday she also copies a lot of what her peers do and she also copies Emmy so I had I told her at quarter to four um you can get out of the pool but Emmy had got dressed sooner so then she was getting stressed about well Emmy has got dressed and so there's these things mm. that can come really unclear and then she just started taking her togs off and there were boys in her class in the pool and she's got breasts now and I you know I'm just like yelling out Olivia put your togs on she's just she knows that she shouldn't get dressed in but it's just this like obsession to do this thing that she's decided that she wants to get dressed an impulse nearly to oh, I need to get dressed I need to do it right now yes common sense goes yeah. out the window yeah exactly yeah. but yeah I think that's that's uh, the basis and of our journey there well I just want to say like well done you've yeah you've done amazing and you take it in your stride as well like you don't do the you know you never pull me oh well I'm different and my life's harder than yours or anything like that mm. okay so I've got goosebumps right now and I just want to say well done because you do an amazing job I've seen it in person um oh, sorry you know everyone has their own challenges and sometimes yeah it's just sometimes you need a pat on the back and and to be told that yeah good on you so I'm going to move on now so we don't stop going <laughs> to some um what are some of the most rewarding aspects that you've oh, found in parenting that's a good one to move on to give me some <laughs> give me some good stuff <laughs> just still while we're on the topic of oh it's a good time to say that with her it's funny the lows are really low but the highs are really high so the highs are almost higher than what what I have with my neurotypical children yeah so seeing seeing her be able to achieve things has been amazing um so cool. 
and yeah, like you were saying earlier with getting to know their, know their personalities. I love that when you sit down at night and they've gone to bed and I say something to Mark, like, oh, how about and Gus did this and you have this like wee conversation yeah. that's just so full of love that you just both yeah. adore this person and you're talking about something that they've done and it's not really an achievement or anything it's just something they might have said or the way they were in a situation or something like that yeah it's so cool isn't it like mm. yeah watching their little and you you do you're just so proud like it's next level isn't it when you become yeah. a parent like it yeah. is, everything is next level um, um, and when we're saying challenges before, I just suddenly remembered um, what I find hard as well is sometimes your mind goes to those places where, I don't know, you just think, what if something happened to them? Like, it's just this yeah. awful, like, you just love them so much and you worry, like, what if something bad happened to them? Um, anyway. oh, absolutely. Yeah, all the time. Um, it's Yeah, like I said, when you come a parent, it's like you just, you reach a new level, mm. you know, you've never known love so much, you've never, yeah, you just would do anything, and although sometimes you're having those days where you're like, oh my goodness, and then you, you know, you yell at them, or you do something you didn't want to do, you feel so, so bad, mm. because they're just children, Yeah, but, you know, but in the same respect, like, you're having a rough day, and it is normal exactly. to get upset, and to like, you know, mm. be like, okay guys, come on, like, yeah. you know, stop it. <laughs> We are really hard on ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. What I try and do time. sometimes is um, talk it through with the kids. I could say maybe so they can understand why I reacted like that. But I'm careful that I don't want it to be like an excuse. Like if you feel like that, this is how you should react. But yeah. I kind of talk about it openly and I say, you know, I, I, I don't feel good when I speak like that. And reason was yes. I was feeling really stressed and I and I say I need to do a better job at um, managing how I react in those situations yeah and apologizing like I know I've apologized mm. to the kids before and saying look I'm sorry I shouldn't have spoken to you like that yeah you know even little things when they knock a glass of water over mm. and um you know and you you react badly yeah and it's a complete accident mm. like you know and you yeah because I've definitely done that and then now it's quite funny because you know I've calmed down a bit and the kids will knock it over and they look at me and go just an accident which is <laughs> yeah. nice because yeah. I'm like yeah it is just an accident yeah. like, and it calms me down I'm like it is just an accident okay, yeah it's reminding yourself yeah yeah because I have said that now when they do it because they sort of you, you react badly and then they look at you in fear of, mm. oh my gosh I'm not the cup over mum's going to yell at me and yeah. then of course they go just an accident and it's like oh <laughs> yeah. good I've calmed down a bit there <laughs> yeah and <laughs> then after a while nice. um they don't seem to care if you're saying if yeah. you're yelling at them it's just like white noise and they're just like um, um like, and they're too gonna... busy arguing with each other and you're like yeah. oh my god just be quiet just mm. be quiet and stop winding each other up guys yeah. <laughs> it's like guys tea's ready guys tea's ready come and have your tea <laughs> tea <laughs> is ready <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly tea's ready now to the table yeah. <laughs> for the most rewarding aspects is there sort of anything else you want to touch on there or is there it just should be no? I mean of course there's so many um but I guess yeah it's those, those small moments really that are, yeah it is isn't it it's yeah. the little it's the things that you don't even expect I reckon mm. like it's when they are kind to a sibling or kind to a stranger yes. or they mm. say something that blows you out of the water I think yeah. but you often don't remember them you just yeah. sort of blown away yeah, yeah. If you, when you pick them up from school and they come ru come running out and this big, you know, the smile on their faces and yeah. Yes. Hey Cooper. Say hello. Do you want to say hi? There's Kate. Hey Coops. 
How are you, buddy? Are you pretending to be shy? Sorry. I hear you were doing an ignite today. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Oh, he's just whispering in my ear. He wants something else to eat. Oh, hungry. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> why don't you go down? Why don't you go down to the cupboard and you can have a carrot? Yeah, because and then we'll have some lunch soon, okay? And if you want, hey, look at me. You can get one biscuit out of the tin. Can you do that? I'm, I'm two. No one. I'm going off track here, but I've just thought of another challenge. I know I should be thinking of more rewarding aspects, but another challenge has been um, balancing business life and motherhood. Oh, yeah. And it's I a bet. constant juggle, both physically doing it and also mentally um, being okay with where I'm at with it. And, and the guilt that goes with yeah. the balancing it. Exactly. And balancing the guilt. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is, it is tough, isn't it? Um, and I think, yeah, you, you've got to do a little bit of what makes you happy because I know that I, I like work. So I yeah. enjoy working and it makes me happy and it makes me a better mum to mm. actually work. So you, you have to think about, I believe, like what do you enjoy and what makes you happy? Yeah. Um, but some days but, the work yeah. doesn't make me a better mum. Yeah. Like overall, yeah maybe but I guess I do that much of it yes and it's that full on that it's not just about working while the kids are at school it's all consuming you know it's constantly thinking of things yeah yes. so it's learning that balance and yeah I think I've def I've got a way better balance now than I did at the start and that's well, you're not again, taking like seven workouts a week yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> Um, but it's not just a time thing. It's where your head's at. So it's like when I'm with them, I'm a lot more um, with them. Yes. Yeah. We, it, it's having the lines, isn't it? Like mm. I, I, Thursdays I have both the kids at home because um, they're not at school age yet. And I really, I don't go on Instagram. I don't post very much. I really kind of don't answer any emails unless I have to. Good on I you. really That's amazing. My, put my phone down and have that day because yeah like I think with that's the thing with social media and stuff as well now and obviously working online is you you're available all the time yes you don't yeah. leave the office at four or five no. and you're done like you're and people kind of expect time. you to so sometimes I yeah. get messages and it might come through on a Friday afternoon um like at three o'clock which is in a work time but I've already left gone pick, gone to pick up the kids and mm -hmm. then um you don't, I might not get back till Monday night or Tuesday because I try not to work in the weekends now. And then you've got other stuff to do on Monday as well. And then you get to those messages and someone might've emailed again to say, did you get my email? And it's like, yes, but <laughs> yeah. I draw the line in the sand now. Whereas when I first started the business, I, I would have got back to that person at 301, regardless yes. of where I was, I would have been monitoring it and checking it and with the kids answering things and I think that's something you navigate and figure out as you go yeah don't you? like totally boundaries are there's no yeah. like this, that and the other like this is right for everybody mm. it's it, you, you figure out what works for you and totally and it's totally normal to get back to people straight away at the start I mean you're setting up a new business so you, you want people yeah. to um come and join like you want to be replying to those messages all the time absolutely and, and if there's an issue you want to fix it straight yeah. away like don't totally. want to yeah. And obviously mm. value every single message we get from people. But yeah, like you say, learned that there needs to be boundaries and lines and need family time, personal time, business time. To yeah, do absolutely. Justice. And I mean, yeah. 
yeah what like what you do you do a heap like obviously I'm just very still very part-time and um kids are a different age and they're not at school all the time yet and whatnot but gosh to fit it all in is just you like must be forever that juggling act and I suppose once you figure it out a bit better though and have a bit more structure to it then it's easier yeah exactly so we might um I thought we might touch on now a bit about births because that's always very different for everyone and you know obviously and it might help other people with yeah. their, their births etc yeah I just wanted to talk about this because um it could help others um I mean births it's such a personal thing it's one of the things you can't understand what each person's birth was like because each is different um and I do feel like sometimes there is a bit of a competition who was in labor for this long and how hard each person's labor was and whether they got um yeah had the gas or whether they had an epidural and and you know someone says oh it was just I couldn't take it any longer and the next person's thinking well I I took it I I didn't need to you know but um I did hypnobirthing for my last two births and it was just incredible so I just wanted to share that I did that because it just changed everything for me and basically what I took from it was um, getting yourself in the right headspace and we all know if you attack a workout for example which at times can feel grueling like birth um, Mm -hmm. with a positive attitude you know you can do it or anything in life um, even if someone comes and hits you on the arm and you get them to hit you on the arm and you are thinking positively and that you're going to be fine and that you can do it then it doesn't hurt as much um but if you are scared and you are stressed, um, you don't think you can do it, then that's when it's tough. So it's just really gets your mind in the right frame. Yeah. Um, Did you find it better too being the second and third birth because you've done one? So you knew a little bit of what to yeah, expect? Yeah, probably. Um, but mm. I still think for first time births, it would be absolutely yeah, amazing. amazing. Um, and so, you know, I learned that my to trust in my body that my body knew what to do um and so the midwife broke my waters with O. um yeah and it was a really stressful time she said if it hasn't broke if your waters haven't broken in two hours I'm going to break them okay Gus was born and it's really rare he was born completely in the membranes so he came out like in a bubble oh that's so cool yeah it had to be broken and then um with Mm. Emmy, they broke as she was coming out. So clearly uh-huh. I didn't need that there. intervention, yeah. which still bugs me to this day because then yeah. they had to get her out really quick because she got stressed and had she pooed and all that stuff, which which isn't great. And she had been the intervention happened when it didn't need to. But anyway, um it was an incredible experience having done hypno because um you're told not to push. Mm-hmm. Um, and so often midwives will tell you to push. And so you push when you don't actually need to push. So, and I think I did push, but it was only because my body was telling me to, there was no other option. I was like, Oh, what? I have to push. I have to push. So it just ensures that you're doing everything right. based on your body's signals rather than, um, what External. the, yeah, what the midwife is saying. And obviously it's, it can't be that way for everyone with their births, but, um, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend doing it. And even if you are going to have a C-section or something, you're still 
thinking positively that it's the right thing. It just really helps your frame of mind. Yeah. And and that, I think that is really good because I mean, I'm not having a go at the medical professionals or anything, but my birth with, with Cooper wasn't actually very good because um, he was prem and they popped me in an ambulance when my contractions That's right. This is bad. Apart. Tell us. This is real bad. To drive over to Nelson, which is a 90 minute drive, three minutes apart. And um, yeah, they thought I wasn't giving birth because a little test on a piece of paper said that, no, you're not in labor. Like, Instead of looking at you at all this, oh, they didn't look at you. No one even looked at me like on the inside or anything. The um, obstetrician didn't even come back in the room for about the last hour. So she didn't even see me when I was in full contractions, staring at my mum. And of course, I trusted. And you were 32 weeks. 32 weeks. And they put me in a gurney, strapped me to a gurney, put me in the ambulance to drive over, not even a helicopter. But my birth did change protocol. So um, I, I, Cooper was okay. We got to the, got to Nelson and he popped out immediately. Um, and Nelson made massive complaints to Blenheim Hospital. And yeah, and they changed protocol that, yeah, you must get in an airplane and a, I mean, in a helicopter and stuff. But it, you awesome. do, you trust the medical professionals. Whereas yeah. I was listening to my body and I was like, this baby's coming. Like yeah. things are not great. Like, I could see my belly tightening and loosening and yeah. yeah it was, and like you're yeah. saying with it being first, like if, if I had had a birth, like Gus's first up yeah. and then next one, a midwife had tried to say, I'm going to break the waters. I've been like, no, 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 no. You don't need to no. do that, please. Like, yeah. Yeah. I know better. <laughs> You've done the study, but I know better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know my body. Come on. I'm listening yeah. to my body. That's what I tell everyone to do is listen to their body. So yeah. you listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it does sound great. I've heard nothing but good things about the hypnobirthing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm. Um quickly, my sister had a baby in a car ten days ago or two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. Did no. she? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, funny. Yeah. She only lives about twenty oh. minutes from the hospital, but she'd she been having Braxton or well, she'd have been having Braxton Hicks. Um, quite a long time but yeah it just came really fast oh far out and like she said it was the easiest thing and I think oh really yeah and she'd done hypno as well but I think that's the thing if you've got to travel that's because I had to travel two hours to have my kids I always told myself that if they come quickly everything's fine it's when it takes time that you know there can be challenges yeah okay so we've got some questions a few goodies too so how do you deal with mum guilt Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? I um I think we've like we've touched on this a bit, haven't we? And everyone's mum guilt is different, mm-hmm. I think, and, and what your level is and and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I just try to look at everything in perspective. I'm a good snowballer. I'm real good at snowballing things. And on a Monday, the kids are sick and I freak out thinking of mm-hmm. everything I've got to do that week and oh I instantly gosh. snowball. Mondays are stressful. <laughs> Oh my god I know I'm We've the same I'm like before. yeah I'm like you message me Monday morning and say can we make this I'm like no no absolutely not there's no time <laughs> and then no by, I do not have five minutes for you yes and then by Tuesday morning like actually I've got quite a lot of free time on this day and this day <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh definitely so yeah try not to snowball um yeah you just take each day kind of as it come with kids and work and the guilt don't you yeah um yeah I found it worse when the kids were younger and I don't know whether that is a, like you say, you've become, you've learned how to deal with those emotions. Yeah. Um, And something I've rationalized too is realizing that mum guilt, I think is a natural emotion 
that we feel to ensure that our children are safe. So it's 100%. designed to keep our children safe. Because if we yeah. didn't get any of that, then we'd shivers. I'd we'd be off partying every weekend. I'd be, be playing golf every day. Yeah. Like if we had no sense of responsibility. So it's the guilt yeah. It's natural, and it's you're a good yeah. mum. You've got mum guilt. You're a good mum. You want yeah. to be with your children, and you're feeling bad because you're doing either something for yourself or you're working, which yeah. you're not right there with them 100. percent So I think it's yeah, definitely it is. It's like an, another emotion, isn't it? That's yeah. Something that in the dictionary, mum guilt. Yeah. So my advice, since I'm such an expert, just joking. Yeah, hit us with um, that. Yeah, would be to, and it's something that I've learned to do with my emotions recently, is to sit with it and rationalize why you've got that feeling. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, um, and then go, is it because actually maybe you do want to do some more things and spend some time and you haven't been doing enough, or is it just you being hard on yourself and actually everything is under control? Yeah. A hundred percent. That's a really good thing, isn't it? Mm. To do, right? to just take a breath and have a think about it. Yeah. I had a couple of girls weekends away. Like I remember one when Emmy was maybe 10 months old or something. Yeah. She must've been about 10 months old. And you just, um, we had an au pair at the time. We had an au pair. My, um, when, oh, cause I ruptured my Achilles when I was oh, pregnant. Yeah. And so I had some in home care. And, um, then we got au pairs after that when I had my third child so that I could do Olivia's therapy program. So I would spend a lot of one-on-one time with her. Um, so it wasn't like me away somewhere in the OPA there. It was quite a different job and that the OPA was working alongside me. Your team trying yeah. to yeah. help out. Yeah. And she must've been going to drive all three of them from Twas or back to home. And I just couldn't do it. I was just like, I'm not going off on this girl's trip with, all three kids driving home in the same car. It's like, what if something happened? So yeah. I delayed it and I drove them the 30 minutes back, dropped them off and then left. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. No. Um, well, that, but that's, yeah, it is, isn't it? You couldn't do it. You were just like, yeah. no, I've got to be there. And if something yeah. happened, you'd never forgive yourself, would you? Yeah, that mum guilt was just too strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Another question, how do you get your kids to do homework? So that's probably more for me. Yeah, sorry, I'm not there yet. I have Give to admit, tips, right? I freaking hate homework with a passion. <laughs> Tell us what you really think. Okay, so often, sometimes, uh, last term, the kids had something on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday after school. So because we don't live in town, I can't just send them off there. Um, like I have to come in and pick up one of them anyway, and then I have to wait around for, you know, like if just one of them has something on, I have to go and pick up the other two and then wait until the other one's things finished before we go home. So often we're not home till 4.30, 5 o'clock. They had athletics last term. We went home till 6.30. Got to go home, cook dinner, because I've been working all day, so I haven't got dinner sorted. Go home, cook dinner, fold, get washing in. Um, do chores, spend some time with the kids. How does homework fit into that? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Oh. The reading's so, really important. Reading. We do the reading. Um, my son getting spelling, we do. Hour. Yeah. But I just find it so tough. I think I'd, I'd do better if it was, if they just gave it to us like two or three days or just two days and you did it really well, two days. And then you had some days to yeah. breathe. But 
yeah, I haven't got any advice there because I find it tough. Um, so just rewarding, do your best. Yeah, do your best. Rewarding with iPads and stuff can be good if you have them. We don't have iPads, but the kids sometimes use my work computer. So it's like um, do some jobs. You know, they help with jobs, get, get homework done. And you can have a turn on the computer. That can sometimes help. Yeah, we make a lot of deals in our house, obviously yeah. not for homework, but just with little things like, okay, no, you can get dressed and do this and then we'll go outside and play, like go to brush yeah. your teeth and wash your face and then yeah. we'll do this and I'll come bounce on the tramp with you or, you know, like, yeah, yeah that's a bit of bit of deal making and bribery or whatever. Totally. And, it, and it works for us too, doesn't it? It's, yeah. Um, yeah. Right, I'm going to work hard today if it's a Friday and then I'm going to go and meet my friends for a drink after school or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, 100%. Okay, this is a really cool question. How do you educate your kids about health and fitness? How do you teach them to love their body just the way it is, but at the same time teach them to nurture it? Mum of two girls here, eight and 11, and I want them to cherish their bodies and love them regardless of its shape and size. Oh, such a good question and so important. Something I think about so often, do you? Oh, all the time, like all the time. And especially... Um, because even now, like, and I feel bad when I say it, but like Isla's like, she's our little chubby, chubby bubby. Like, yeah. and I say that to her, I'm like, oh, come here, you little chubby bubby. Like, you know, yeah. and I, I had to stop saying things like that or, oh, you little chunky monkey or, because yeah. <laughs> she's just this beautiful little rotund thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And instantly now, even at like, she's only three, like in April. And I think, no, you can't say that. Like, yeah. you know, you can't say that sort of thing anymore. Like, yeah, exactly. And I try and encourage mine. Like I'll try not to praise them on what they look like too much. I mean, I think here and there it's nice too because oh, I still want confidence that you look good, but, you know, praising them for their, and a big thing there is also not praising them for achievements, but for effort. Yes. Yeah. You did um, your best. But I think the big thing is what, what we model to our kids is the major thing. And if we show that we love and care for our bodies, then that's the role models that they have. So I sometimes still look at myself in the mirror positively, negatively both. And I try not to do that in front of them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And yeah, I think we're the biggest influence, aren't we? Absolutely. At this stage, then when they become teenagers, they've got bigger influences. But if they've had a sturdy, sturdy values, you know, and, entrenched in them from a young age then it's going to help and if yeah the more you can grow their confidence and I think it's all the little things um I'm a big believer in family dinner like you eat the same food yeah. um we have yeah and so mum's not on a diet where mum's eating salad and why aren't you having bread yeah. and why aren't you having toast with us mum mm. and you know and we go get an ice cream why aren't you having an ice cream mum mm. you know so I think all those little things are really important um and I teach my I've tried to teach the kids and kindy's good for this as well which has helped me you know we have sometimes food which is the biscuits and that sort of thing and Coops knows that and then we have you know the anytime food you know so yeah. at our house you're hungry you go grab a carrot or an apple that's the two yeah. choices always or frozen corn mm-hmm. sometimes um but it's it's just the normal everyday things not making them but you know like yes we all go have an ice cream as a family you know rather than oh no I'm not having that you know mummy doesn't want to get fat like yeah <laughs> that's yeah. the worst thing you can can yeah. say isn't it yeah. and you know the kids with exercise like they see us and they were like they did ask us the other day, why, why, why do you guys do your exercise in the morning? And we say, yeah. oh, because, because it makes us feel good. Yeah, so that's a big thing I say good. too. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I said, and it makes me keep up with you. I said, you mm. guys are so fast. I said, mum has to stay fit and healthy and keep yeah. up with you. And yeah, but you know, mostly the answer is because it makes me feel good. Yeah. And yeah, yeah and that, that's often my answer because often I won't have an ice cream if they're having an ice cream. Um, and I'll get something else and yeah, I'll say it's because I feel much better when I eat this. And Gus yeah. actually won't doesn't like eating McDonald's and he says because he feels yucky afterwards. Yeah, our kids don't eat McDonald's either. They won't, they don't, yeah. And that's funny, isn't it? And mm. yeah, but like we have fish and chips and that, but they know it's a sometimes food. And you yeah. know, we say you've got to eat this so that you grow big and strong. Like if you mm. ask my kids where your food goes, they go, Oh, it's into my muscles, and they yes, show yes. their muscles yeah. at dinner time. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, like I mean, it's easier at this age because obviously they listen to me still. Yeah. <laughs> they think I'm God, like you know, what mum says goes in some ways. But I imagine when they get older, it does get um a lot more challenging. But the, the more positive you can be and you know, focusing on all the positives. And I think one thing that you said that your mum said is that you always, you know, that you do your best. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah, that's so guided me a lot in my life. Yeah. Mm. That you just do, you know, you do your best. And so as kids, yeah, you just give it a go. You do your mm. best. Um, someone said here, any advice for exercising while going through fertility treatment? Um, that's a question you'll need to speak to your fertility expert about. 100%. I did IVF with both kids and oh, yeah. yeah, definitely just talk to your doctors and do, do what you, um, do what you are told and they will generally sort of tell you a little bit of do what feels right. And if cool. you were exercising before I could keep exercising while I was going through it, if I felt comfortable doing so. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, I guess realizing that movement is um, so, so important. And if mm -hmm. you do get told that you can then think about it as something that you're doing for your health rather than right I'm gonna lift this heavy so that I can lose weight or lift heavy so that I can get strong just thinking about movement is something that you're doing to make you feel healthy and give you energy totally and it might be a bit of a release too because obviously fertility treatment is quite um mentally taxing so you might choose to be going out for those walks or going to the gym because it's something that you enjoy to do where you're not constantly thinking about is it this month? Am I going to get pregnant this month? You're really, you know, you're helping with your own mental mental health. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, one more question, and it's a doozy. What was the most testing thing for your relationships when becoming a mum? One word, Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> that darling little child that's been in and out of this room was my most challenging thing for the relationship no I did talk about this a little bit at the start but for me it is definitely yeah that first year adjusting um being resentful to my husband that he got to go to work every day like I thought that was like mm. a holiday compared to what I was dealing with yeah um yeah. but yeah so I think it, it was I don't know what am I trying to say there that adjustment was the hardest thing yeah yeah it was the two because it was the two of you for a bit wasn't it what do you mean? How long sorry? was it just the two of you for? Just Cooper before and Cooper, I? No, you and Scotty before Cooper came along. Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah, a long time, like seven years. Mm. And you were living kind of adulty lives. Like yeah. I, I had O when I was 25, and yeah. so, which was um, unexpected, but amazing. Um, so I can't, we kind of went from, we became adults and lived together when we had a, ch like just before we had a child 
which yes. in itself is challenging before that um it was like early 20s whereas um it's quite different to you guys that were kind of you had a house and you were um living like living adults out, kind of living yeah. out life yeah and we had money yeah. you know yeah. like we were good jobs we had money like we were very social um yeah and life yeah. was just really good like I do remember a couple of times Scotty said to me because I think I had Cooper at 32 and he said to me you do want children eh because you know, <laughs> we were just I was like oh god don't touch me like oh their little fingers oh you know <laughs> yeah, and it's like not until you have kids that no. you kind of yeah you you relax and chill yeah, out well, you, don't, you don't know what to like what to do with them when you before you yeah I remember holding a baby yeah. when I was like must have been like six months pregnant and I was just like what do I even do with this <laughs> I know. I just like held it so awkwardly. Yeah. Thinking I'm going to be a bad mother. I mean, holding a baby is the easiest thing now when it's your own. Yeah. Exactly the stage. Yeah. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the testing thing, well, we had a really tough patch when um, around the time Olivia was diagnosed or, you know, in the year or so following. But, um, was just and again this is a stereotype it's not all men but it's many of them that I observe is they can kind of do what they want and they can go away and do stuff Um, they don't need to check in they just book it in they're not the milk machine or you know yeah but they don't check if you can have the kids or anything no it's just assume yeah whereas if we want to do something we have to get all our ducks in a row and see if it suits them apply for leave yeah basically it's apply for leave yeah, yeah totally. so that's been hard and like you're saying with resenting them going to work and that's something I found hard is um and I think part of the reason I set up my business was yeah feeling like you're not valued as a mother and that yes. what you do isn't proper work, work when mm-hmm. it's the most challenging job mm-hmm. of all yeah. And then feeling like you get to the end of the day, we haven't particularly achieved much. Something went, went, went around on social media where it was a, the picture of the house and it was the man had said, what do you do all day? And then oh, the answer yeah. was, oh, you said, what do I do all day? Well, I haven't done it today. And it showed like the house an absolute mess. The kids just <laughs> roaring around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And- I, I think too, maybe um, we could both mention how we kind of got through that because we've both talked about some really testing times in our relationship where, you know, we've had to sit down and have the chats about this ain't good. Mm. What are we going to do? And that, you know, that's how it sort of went for us. Like, you know, we can't carry on like this. So mm-hmm. um, so the, the way that we got through was it was communication. Like yeah. I just had to lay it all out there on how mm-hmm. I was feeling. Like I tried to hold it back because mm-hmm. it's hard to talk about this you know new baby that you are struggling with and it's like you know or whatever it is that you're struggling with so for me it was definitely communication and just constantly talking to each other being a team and rather than we we went through a stage two where we were on opposite teams nearly and you weren't Mm -hmm. doing nice things for each other yeah instead of like making you a coffee in the morning like you used to you'd make your own and walk away and be like you do your shit and I'll do mine like and it's a spiral isn't it it's just constant and you're just sort of heading in different paths and you just yeah your brain can't you see that person as the enemy rather than on your team yes yeah yeah you see that person as making your life harder rather than making it easier through this challenging time Mm -hmm. You're not working together. You're two individuals trying yeah. to yeah, just survive. Yeah. yeah. So work together, be a team, communicate. Mm. 
and, and yeah, I can't it's... remember how we got through ours. I think I remember us having a conversation. We were on holiday on the West Coast. Cars are a great place to have to yeah. deal with things. Yes, that we had to do something to sort out what was happening. But yeah, I've got a lot more confidence now when I have conversations with Mark, way more confidence than I had early on in our marriage about, you know, what I deserve and what how yeah. I want things. What's um, important to you. Yeah. And Absolutely. I just have to be a bit stronger sometimes. So the other night, like I said, right, Mark, Mark was on the phone, got to put these kids to bed. Whereas I used to just go and put the kids to bed myself and be resentful thinking he gets to talk on the phone. But yeah. if I don't communicate, as I guess that's communicating that I want yeah. help with putting the kids to bed, then Absolutely. it doesn't get done, does it? Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. And being, you know, you just got to be fair and reasonable as well, don't you? Like in the same respect, you know, our husbands work um, big hours and whatnot. Mm. So sometimes if you've got a day that is a bit cruisier, you know, it is nice to do the little extra things like yeah. go outside and with you mow the lawns or do some gardening that, you know, they might do on the weekend. And yeah, yeah. Just yeah, it's nice. Work. Yeah. Okay. And trying to see things from their perspective as well. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, asking how was your day like mm. as well, because yeah. not just getting home and being like the kids have been yes today, like yeah. they're all yours and kind of going to do the dishes or something, actually being like, well, you might've had an average day too. So yeah. And we have a beer. <laughs> what's that? Have a beer. Yeah. Like, we have a beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, you just don't know what's going on in their heads too. Like they they might be thinking, you know, we're thinking, um, oh, you, you get to go to work and they're they're stressed because they're coming back and they're thinking, I've got so much work and I'm so stressed, and then feeling down about themselves that they're not getting to spend yeah. as much time with their family as they'd like. Exactly. So then they are therefore potentially envious of us being at home with the children and picking up the kids from school or whatever. So um yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, that was, I love that. That was great that was chat. Great. But yeah, thanks so much, Anna. Oh, no, thank you, Kate. It was a pleasure to chat with everyone. Yeah. I hope people got some out, something out of it. And yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. And if anyone is, you know, really, anyone out there is really struggling at the moment, um, don't be afraid to go and get help, whether it's from friends or family or professional help, if you think that you need it. Yeah, definitely. Don't, don't, don't hesitate. And there's no prizes for being the mum that's juggling every single thing yeah. in the world. So do your because best. Because it is However so that hard. Looks. It yeah. is so hard. Yeah. Your yeah. best all the mm-hmm. cool. All right. Thank thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And thanks, Anna. We will talk soon. Welcome. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. See ya. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to episode one of season three. Please subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. They are coming out every Sunday for the next eight weeks. If this is your first Dedicate podcast or you've missed a few, make sure you check out season one and two. There are some real goodies in there. This podcast is proudly brought to you by us. At Dedicate, we have a variety of workouts including weights, HIT, Pilates, yoga, boxing, pregnancy and postpartum. All designed for busy women with a strong focus on healthy, sustainable lifestyles. Work out with us with your free trial at kateivyfitness.com. Plus, we have a totally free week with prizes up for grabs starting February the 21st through to the 28th. That's no credit cards needed to secure your free trial. Again, head to kateivyfitness.com. Thanks again for listening. See you all soon.